y'all. Would you like to win something? My name is Adria Wilkins, and I wrote a book called The Joy Box Journal. It has 40 devotions with a box and notepads to journal joy moments in your life. I want to give you a chance to win an autographed copy. Go to OPS Podcast Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter every day in August at 10 a.m. Pacific for a chance to enter and win. When you see the picture of my book, all you need to do is like and post a comment with the hashtag, look out for joy. If you'd like an extra entry, go to my Facebook page, Adria Wilkins. Will be a post pinned at the top of the month of August, and it will be labeled Chance to Win. All you need to do is like the post and comment. We will do a drawing live at the end of August. Good luck, and y'all be on the lookout for joy. I don't know about you, when I'm looking for a plumber, I like to read my reviews. HomeAdvisor.com gave me some reviews on our sponsor, Art of Plumbing. Called them. They arrived on time. Immediately found the plumbing issue and fixed it right the first time. I called them last year and it was great. I called them again this year because I had a problem again. They came out, they fixed the problem. They even gave me solutions to help stop the problem in the future at 541-9405. Come take a walk with me, not like you used to do. Do something different and put yourself in other people's shoes. Open up your mind and open up your eyes and change your direction, change your perspective. Welcome into Other People's Shoes. As you know, I am your host, Neil Matthews. Thank you so much for joining us this week. You know, it's nice when we can kind of drive down the I-5 corridor. Join me. Will you just breeze in our hair? Pretend we're in this, like, Ford Mustang. We'll make it a 2020. Why not? That's what year we're in right now. COVID or not, I don't care. We got the top down. We got our hair breeze blowing. We got the visor on. We might be jamming to some DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Freshmen because it is summertime out there. So here we go. Welcome in our guest if you will, her name is Autumn, and Autumn is fantastic. Why is she fantastic? Well, one, she's a single mom, and I, I don't know about you, but I love single moms because I'm not one myself. I, I don't think I can truly identify with a single mom, but they blow my mind because I don't know how they make life work. So help me welcome in her. She's a single mom of five kiddos. She really is passionate about special needs kids, and we're probably going to talk about one of her special kids. All of her kids are special, but but she really likes to talk about Story Grace, and we're going to hear more about that, about her daughter, and about her journey. But before we get in, into all that, I want to welcome in our guest, Autumn. Autumn, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, I know you were on our good friend, and we were laughing about this uh, pre-show because we love to tease this guy a lot, our good friend Sean McCoy over at Come to the Table. And uh, he's not only a friend of our show, but he's a friend of mine, and I think he's a friend of yours as well, right? Yes, absolutely. He's become a good friend since then. Yeah, and he is. And so we were, we were teasing him a lot pre-show. So maybe one day, uh, if I ever have a Patreon, people can hear the pre-show teasing of Sean McCoy. But <laughs> we're not here to talk about Sean McCoy. We're here to talk about you. But I got to ask this very important question before we get too far down a road. And uh, Autumn, that, of course, is this most important question. Any show will ever ask you, and that's this question. Autumn, what style of shoe do you like to wear? What style of shoe do I like to wear? Hmm. Well, I've been wearing a lot of hiking boots lately. So I'm loving my hiking boots. I'm even wearing some hiking sandals, which is really interesting for me. And I'm absolutely loving it. 
So I've heard of hiking boots. I've never heard of hiking sandals. What can you help me with that at all visually? I no. I well, I'm new to this sandal bit, so I don't know if I'm much help. But yeah, it's you know, it's their their leather sandals and they just kinda have straps that they're really secure and there's not a lot of moving and wiggling around, but they're very cushiony and it actually works really well well for being like in and out of water and on the trail and so I'm just new to it. I'm just trying it, but I've actually really loved it because I've been down to the creek with the boys and we've been playing in that and get, getting in and out and it's been perfect. Did you say down the creek or down the creek? <laughs> I wasn't sure what that was all yeah, about. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I do say creek. I admit it. I own it. Uh, that's just, I was raised a bit country, so that's how it comes out. Um, my children try to correct me and remind me to say creek and occasionally I remember that not always clearly I I like crick though yeah I like crick <laughs> it's okay yeah it's, it's fine See, my country yeah. comes out yeah she's a little bit country but she's a little bit of rock and roll that's I, I don't know if that's a song but if not it should be so so right. there's that so uh tell me run down the kids if you wouldn't mind and then ages and and all that can you help us with that sure sure so Kale is my oldest. He's 13. He's actually going to be 14 here at the end of the month. And then Kip is 11. My twins, Finian and Remington, are nine. And then Story Grace, my only girl, is five. Wow. Mm-hmm. How how do yeah. you manage all of those personalities and needs <laughs> and ages and lot. all of that? How does that, how does yeah. that work? Yeah, well... It's definitely interesting, and it's always a little wild around at our house. Um, the you know I've got four boys within four and a half years, so that's a lot of boys, and they feed off of each other, and they're wanting to wrestle, and they're just wanting to play all the time, and they're loud. I mean, it's just crazy town. And then they love Story Grace, and they play with her, and they take such. They're very much protectors, especially Kippy. I call him my little protector. Um, you know, he will let you know if you're not handling her correctly and they just, they're great. And it's, but you know, having four boys so kind of close together, we can all kind of run with the same friends and um, do a lot of similar activities, you know? So it actually is really, it's really great. And I'm, you know, grateful. Like we have little neighbors down the street, they run down to our house all the time and it doesn't matter if it's the three-year-old that comes over, all my boys will play with them you know, or the, you know, eight-year-old, it's just a lot of fun, and they're all just, um, it's good times for anyone that comes over, and we've been packing up the neighbor kids and doing stuff, so it's been a lot of fun at our house, and, um, you know, it's always a little wild, but we have fun. That's awesome. You know, I'm, th- I'm thinking back to my childhood, right? I'm thinking back to, mm-hmm. to playing in the neighborhood, and that's what it kind of sounds like, what you're, what you're detailing yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just remember everyone playing with everyone else and, you know, there, yeah. there was, we didn't care. We didn't know about mm-hmm. racism. We didn't mm-hmm. know about, uh, right. maybe, you know, economic status. We, we didn't care. Right. You know, if you could right. play third base, mm-hmm. we, we wanted you. If, if you right. could, you know, play wide receiver or play quarterback that day, we, you know, we wanted you, we, we didn't care about that stuff. Right. But I also no. know when I was growing up as, as fun as all that sounds, you know, I didn't grow up with my dad really around. I didn't grow up with, you know, father-son picnics. I didn't grow up with father-son catches. You know, I, I'm just curious, if you don't mind, if we can go down this road a little bit. 
do you do you ever feel like when you look back on your kids' life, and I know you're kind of young in, in being a mom per se in some levels, but do you ever wonder what their what their thought process will be like about maybe not having a dad around? Yeah, well, their dad is involved in their life, in the boys' life. Um, and so that is, you know, I'm really grateful for that, that he is around um, and involved. What I what we do really miss out on, and that's hard, is that, you know, we don't have extended family. I grew up with this amazing extended family. Um, I mean, we had every Sunday after church, we had Sunday dinners, and we all got together, and the kids, we all went and played, and every single Sunday, and you you always have this support, and I still, like, they still continue this tradition, right? And um, coming here, to, you know, being on our own with no family in the state, it's been really tough. Just, you know, family is so important that they back up your values. They back up mom, mom and dad, like what they say goes. There's um, people to support and encourage your beliefs, beliefs and um, the direction you want to take your children. I remember, you know, talking with my grandma and my aunts and just, you know, if I had a problem with my parents and then I knew that they cared about me, but they were also going to steer me in the right direction because they loved me and they cared about me. And maybe they might disagree with my parents or not, but they're still always going to encourage me to obey and listen to my parents. Right. And so I think that's been really extremely tough. I think, especially as a single mom, not having that backup there, you know, we do have some great friends, um, you know, neighbors and in the church and things like that, but still it's, um, it's still tough not to have that consistent, you know, extended, but very close knit family nearby. So I, I think it really, it makes things hard for sure. Yeah. Again, I, I was going back to, obviously I, I didn't know too much about, you know, the, the involvement in a dad. I, I just mm-hmm. know that as single moms, right. I mean, you could probably speak to right. this way better than I could. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to play that dual role, right? You have to play yeah. not only yeah. mom, but you got to play dad. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah. and I just think I, I, by the way, I applaud any single mom out there that's doing that because mm-hmm. again, yeah. I, I do, I, I think there's so much power in having dual parenting and I think yeah. you'd probably want it that way as well. I mean, I don't know. Like, oh, absolutely. But, but I, I mean, you would. yeah, I think, um, I know with single moms raising children, um, the stats out there are not great. It's really heartbreaking if you look at the stats and, I would never, ever wish this for my children. You know, um, you know, I've been through a lot, gone through a divorce and, you know, my daughter's surgery of course is special needs and, but nothing has been more difficult than the divorce and knowing that my children are going to be raised in a broken home and not have both members, you know, you know, both parents there at all their events. I remember as a kid, like, you know, my parents are divorced and it was really difficult for me. I, always felt like someone was missing, you know, at Christmas and Easter. And I remember as a kid dreading Christmas just because I wanted that for my kids. And so it is, um, I don't know if I will ever, ever overcome that heartbreak of the dissolution of my, you know, immediate family here. I just don't know that you could, I don't know that I can recover from that because that was so important to me for my children. Um, You know, I don't know that, you know, I think what the situation we're in now is working, 
But I just think having both parents on the same page, on the same team, in the same home, you just can't beat that, right? You know, you can't. And, and again, I, I'm going to tread delicately here because I know when it comes to relationships, right, it's, it's tough. It takes two yeah. people. It takes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it takes work. You know, my wife and I are, are very fortunate, you know, th- this month of, of August, you know, we celebrate 19 years together. And to wow. me, um, it, it hasn't been all, you know, Disneyland and, and, you know, field full of daisies and, you know, Hallmark mm-hmm. movies and, you know, which mm-hmm. is such a lie to our, to our, uh, <laughs> to our society. Sorry. Hallmark's probably right. going to write me a letter and say, our movies aren't lies. No, they are. But, <laughs> but I say that because to me, and, and I think you're right on, I'm right on with what you're saying. I, I think it's just so hard. And I think people forget that when you get two people together, it, it just, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard stuff. So, um, you know, again, yeah. I, I applaud you. I applaud you for what you're doing oh, and, uh, you. you know, for what it's worth. And, and I do, I, I just, my, my sister, so Angel, here's a mention. My sister is a, a single mom as well. And we have conversations all the time and she only has one kiddo. I, again, I can't even imagine mm-hmm. having the five, but, but, mm-hmm. um, but she does it somehow and she does it with grace and with love. And, and, uh, you know, it's just, it, I always stand back and I just am, am, it's like trying to do long division blindfolded. I often say, because I don't, right. it. I don't understand it, but you right. make it work and, and that's awesome. So let's yeah. talk about something more exciting, right? <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not kind of depressing to lead with, but I know you're an avid hiker. Can we talk about that for a minute and, and tell me how on sure. earth that journey got going and then, mm-hmm. uh, why you're so passionate about it? Yeah, no. Um, well, about a year after my ex-husband and I separated, I just, um, I've always loved outdoors and I kind of started getting into hiking. I had a friend, um, say, Oh, let's go hiking. I was just like, Oh, I I mean, we were going to do something simple and small and little, but I was still nervous. I was like, I don't know if I can. I just, I didn't have a lot of confidence. I just was just so nervous that I was going to let them down. And so, but I did it. And I, as I'm out here doing this little hike and it was like, I think it's 6am in the morning and it was, uh, I think it's December or January and the frost was kind of on the leaves and it was just so beautiful and so still. And I was like, this is what I'm missing because I grew up being outdoors constantly. We didn't have, I didn't have a TV growing up. Um, we, I lived outside. I was my horses all the time. Like, and I did a lot of camping and we were in the mountains and we just spent a lot of time, you know, being still even in the outdoors. And so that's something I had not been doing in the last, you know, the last 10 years of my life, I had that kind of had disappeared. And so I get this opportunity to kind of be reintroduced. I'm like, Oh, this is what my soul longs for, right? This is what I need. It just, you know, being out in nature reminds me always. I am like, I like God loves me. Like, that's what I think. Every time I get out there, I'm like, oh, I know, like, I can feel it when I'm outdoors. Like, oh, how much God loves me. And so um, I was just, it kind of lit a fire. Like, okay, I need to start getting out more. And I started increasing my hikes. And I started adding, okay, well, I need to be camping too. Like, get my kids out camping. Well, I need a backpack. Go backpacking. So it kind of grew from there. And I started really... I got myself out first and then I started bringing my kids along and 
it all it turned into backpacking like all the time it was wonderful yeah no i again i i think that's just fantastic that one you had no idea what you're doing from the sound of it, right? I mean, you didn't know what to buy. Right. You didn't know what to get, right? Yeah. I, I think that's yeah. true with most of us, right? When when we think of a hobby mm-hmm. or a brand new, maybe mm-hmm. passion, uh, podcasting mm-hmm. comes to mind for me. Running has also been one of those things mm-hmm. that, you know, comes to mind. You know, I didn't know what to buy. I had no idea what I was right. doing. And But once you right. get out and you start discovering and you read and you mm-hmm. research and mm-hmm. you see... Mm-hmm man, there's, there's something to this. And, and I love that statement, by the way, that when you got out there, you were like, God really loves me. I've, I've never heard that in reference. And I live in Oregon of all places. Like right. I really should embrace that. But, but tell me more about that. Like what was that first moment? Maybe, maybe that first hike or the first couple of hikes that you realized, Hey, this isn't, this isn't, this is something I've been missing. Yeah. Well, I just, um, it, you know, hiking for me, like being indoors so much, I, I don't feel like I'm connecting with nature. And when I do connect with nature to me, it just is all it does is reflect God's beauty and his love for us. And like he created this for us. And so it really, um, strengthened my relationship with the Lord. And, um, it sometimes, I don't know. I, I love church. I grew up in a church. I, um, I, I really love it, but for me being outdoors, I didn't have anyone like, you know, at church I'm sitting alone in a pew by myself with five children, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a very lonely place. I think for a single parent with lots of little kids that I'm always busy. And then, you know, a lot of people get nervous approaching, you know, how do you talk about special needs and all that? So like, I kind of see it can feel isolated often. And so being, in the outdoors, I felt very free. Um, I could really see God's beauty that, you know, he created these trees and this river is from him. And I just, it was, um, it created a lot of peace for me. And um, it was really wonderful. It was very surprising to me. I had not, um, I I grew up in that, so it was never like, this culture shock of going from being indoors a lot to outdoors, you know, as a child, I didn't have that. But now as an adult, I'd been doing mostly indoor things and then suddenly starting to get back out and being outdoors. It was definitely a shock. And I just recognized how much my soul longed for it and needed that experience of connecting with God in um, a different space. And so it was, um, it created a lot of peace. And of course, um, I was conquering what I thought, you know, things I didn't think I could do, um, which created, you know, confidence and independence and all these things that of course we know happens when you're out doing something you didn't think you could do before. And so, um, it was very, uh, it was very good for me and very freeing. And I just, after that, I started feeling like, Oh, I'm going to conquer the world. <laughs> you know, that's, it kind of builds that in you. And, I wanted that for my children. Like I could see after having this, I'm like, Oh my gosh, my kids need to be experiencing this as well, you know? And so that's been really important for me to get my children out as well. Yeah. So I'm thinking about, you know, uh, a hiking trip with autumn, right? I show up in the driveway ready to go. Right. We drive off, um, and we, we go up and, and we finally get to our destination, right? So if you can visually mm-hmm. go with me. I, I love the show Mr. Rogers growing up as a kid. So he always would take us to this land of make-believe, right? Imagination, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. 
So I'm, I'm going to try to walk, walk there with you. So you got this mm-hmm. backpack, right? What is in the backpack <laughs> that the essentials that have to come every right. hiking trip with you? What, what are those? Could yeah. you break that down for us? Yeah. Well, when on a, for backpacking trips, what we take for backpacking, is that what you mean? Or for hiking? Either one. What, so you're what, thinking what, like when I'm camping. You, okay. Yeah, yeah. Either one. What, whichever. Right. Okay. I guess. I, I guess what I'm asking is which whichever one has the most gear. Because I'm a gear guy. Like I'm a gear <laughs> nut. Not, and I'm not talking yeah. camping gear. I'm like nerd gear, like computer gear. Yeah. But 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 we're gonna yeah, go with yeah. you because we're in your. Uh, by the way, would uh-huh. you call them again? They're they're sandal hikers, which I'm still trying to understand that. But they're they're, they're sandals that you hike in. I right. don't even know. Again, which I'm still trying to like. <laughs> that seems like military intelligence. Like I just uh, they don't seem to yes, fit. Thank and, you. you know, politicians <laughs> that don't lie. I, I mean, won't sorry. Tell you, I'm former military. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are. I didn't even know that. Let's yeah. see. We're learning new stuff about you. But uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like the gear that you would yeah. take, like break that down for us. Absolutely. Yeah. So of course, like for backpacking, we take a, um, you know, the first time we didn't even take a tent, but we took a um, sleeping pad. Um, you know, we took a sleeping bag, obviously. I take a little stove um, so that we can have hot water. It's super lightweight, just teeny tiny and, um, and then, you know, I had to, we all get, <laughs> we all get one cup and one like fork and that's all the like equipment and utensils we take for our meals. Like that's it. Like you rewash it if you want something else, right? Everything's used in that one little cup and one little fork. Um, of course we have our food and our snacks and then, um, maybe you take an extra pair of clothes and, but it's very, I'm, you know, when you're backpacking, you keep it very minimal, right? Like there's not a lot of extras going with you. Um, um, we always take a knife and, you know, we'll take a tent. And then for Story Grace, um, she needs her own special food. She needs her syringes. She needs her feeding pump. She um, needs, you know, her medications and her diapers and all that stuff, you know. So Story Grace has all her own um little list of things that she needs whenever we go. So, um, that's kind of what we take a water filtration system. So, um, we don't have to carry a lot of water when you are up in the mountains. You can just filter your own water and that saves a lot on the weight. And so that's kind of, you know, roughly what we, what we take. I love that. So I'm thinking about you as a single mom right and mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. teaching your kids right one how to survive how to get mm-hmm. through life how to be i'm guessing good human beings just by what you're saying right. it sounds like there's some integrity to you especially when you talk mm-hmm. about military service i know that comes into play big time right i'm mm-hmm. just guessing mm-hmm. by the way what branch yeah. were you in i was in the army national guard okay that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking about this as you're as you're breaking down your list here. By the way, I, I took notes, which for those who know me are are going to be like blown away, like head blown. He, he, minds are being blown all over the country right now when they hear that Neil took notes. So, but I'm breaking this down. You got a tent. You're creating a home for your kids right now that they're going to mm-hmm. one day look back on and go, "Man, I was loved in that home." I was loved in that place. My mom loved me enough to provide a safe place for me, right? 
you're creating this this bed where they can go and they can dream dreams and they can have visions and they can say, you know what, one day I'm going to be whatever, right? You're creating that for them, not only by the camping, but but the home that you're providing. The water, I don't know about anybody else, you can't go too many days without water because you won't survive. You just won't. And this this water that cleanses our body, that that filters through all the, the impurities that are in us, and you're creating again that idea, that water filtration system that you were talking about, the idea that you are now providing them this idea that, again, these purities that they get to experience by being around you and by, by going on these camping trips. And I don't know about anybody else. Again, when we sit around a table, back to our friend Sean, but there's something powerful about cooking and sitting around a table and learning to cook. Like my hand is not up on that. Like I can't cook. I can make nachos. I'm pretty good at that. But outside of that, mm-hmm. I can't cook. But the idea of having a meal with somebody and sitting with them and hearing again their thoughts, their stories, their imagination, their their dreams is, is just powerful to me. And then this idea of just being responsible, right? Learning to take care of yourself, learning to clean up after yourself learning to have those those cup and plate that are probably so special like they know which one's theirs right they know you know whose is you know what and they they don't fight i would imagine they don't fight over it cuz they all right. have their own they it's so individual and specific to them and just how cool that yeah. is and of course the, again going back to the food and the and having the meal and preparing the food and having snacks together and and just again that idea of having a meal together the one i love too is is just the idea of what you're clothing them with your kids, you're clothing them the, with this embodiment of responsibility, this integrity. You're, you're again, clothing them with the idea that they will be responsible. They will take ownership. They will have grace. They will have compassion for not only those with special needs, but just people in general. And I think it all wraps back up into this tool, this idea that, you know, what, what do we use a knife for? When do we need to cut? Is there things in our life we need to cut out of that we can then grow once we're pruned and once we're, you know, able to to look at things? And I, again, I just think that camping experience, there's nothing better. And then, of course, I'm guessing just laying out and looking at the stars and thinking, and there is a designer, there is an architect, right. and then speaking spiritual truths into their life. To me, um, I, I think you're doing amazing things with that. So that's my breakdown of your camping gear. I, a little different than wow. yours, but I, but I, <laughs> I think it's relevant. I don't know your response yeah. to that. No, I love that. I think that's so right. Um, and that's something you know. My dad and I talk about this a lot. Is what you know the character that camping builds because you know self reliance. You have to rely on yourself when you're out there. You can't just oh someone help me do this. No you're on your own, you've either prepared properly or you haven't, and then you're going to suffer the consequences of your preparation and, um, you know, or you're going to enjoy the benefits of the preparation, whichever it may be. Right. And that really teaches the kids like, okay, I need to think about what I'm packing. And, you know, for example, when I, I told the boys, Oh, you should take, you should wear your hiking pants, like instead of jeans. And no, I want my jeans. Okay. And then, you know, they're waterlogged for all day. They don't dry quickly. And I, I reminded my son, remember when I told you to wear your hiking pants? This was why, because I wanted you to be able to dry off quickly and not have to walk around wet for the rest of the day. 
oh, why didn't you tell me? Well, I, I told you, but now you've learned it. Now he's going to know, okay, I, mom, mom was actually looking out for me, right? And then this is why I'm going to do this, and he'll remember this in the future, right? And it teaches him to just be responsible for his own things and his, um, you know, self-government is really important. And then, um, you know, it's been, um, you know, you mentioned service to others and, um, back when the twins were little, I started a volunteer organization for, um, you know, to teach my children service to others. There was nothing else out there. And so that's something I really, it was really important to me as for my children to consider others and love others and doesn't matter, like and respect the elderly. And so we connected them with, um, you know, a group of elderly living in assisted living homes. And we started doing activities weekly with them and then adopting a grandparent and, it was, um, and it still is, it's amazing, you know, and my boys learn so much and they learn to think about others because when you're little, you know, all you think about is me, me, me. But when we go and I've got my five-year-old and he's cutting out um, a little activity for a 95-year-old, right? And he's helping her and he helps her first and he serves her, you know, her little snacks and her coffee first. And then he has his after he's taking care of the grandparent. Wow. That's such a, it's such a way to learn. And it stayed with my children. Like they know, okay, like we're going to help our guests first. We're going to, we're going to think about others. It's not just all about me. Like those things are so important. Like as a mom wanting to raise boys that will become men of integrity and character, um, you know, I want them to be empathetic, compassionate, and full of grace. Like, my, this is important, and I don't see that being taught in society. Like, even what we see on TV or the, you know, so much. My kids just want to watch YouTube all the time, right? And I, I watch this YouTube, and they're sitting there playing these mindless games or just watching. You know, it's just fun, empty, brain-filling stuff. Okay, well, let's and I had this conversation with my son the other day and we were actually going over. Um, we had a, you know, we talked with a Holocaust survivor who was 97 years old and we had a live event with them and, you know, we were learning about all that. And then, um, we watched Harriet Tubman and that was just so powerful and moving. And it's like, you know, boys, you know, we watch stuff like this. We learn about our history. We, this, do you see how much suffering these people went through? And we're sitting around watching YouTube where people are popping water balloons. Do you understand now why I struggle with us sitting around watching people pop water balloons when there's real things and real people suffering and things that need to be changed in our world? Let's try to fill our heads with how can we be productive members of society how are we going to change the world around us because we don't want to sit around and just be consumers and like you know it's it is fun to watch youtube it is fun to play video games i get that like yeah it's good to have some fun every once in a while but let's not let it consume us like how are we going to change our lives and like maybe limit the screens or whatever it is so that we can turn around and help others like that's where I want my focus for my family to be is, okay, let's be so grateful for all the blessings we have. Thank you, Lord, that we are so blessed. Now, how do we 
help others, you know, because everyone, I, you know, if you're five years old cutting out, you know, something for a grandparent, he has value. He's helping my daughter, even though she can't do a lot, she has value and she still contributes. You know how many people smile because of her? We all have something to give to society and to our neighbors and we just have to find what that is. And I think that's kind of all this like hiking and, you know, volunteering and all these things. Like I hope it comes together for my children where we can, you know, we learn how to take care of ourselves, right? That's really important. Hiking and backpacking that all helps like teach self-reliance and how to take care of ourselves ourselves. But then also how do we serve others that are in need, right? No, totally agree. And I love that. I love that you're, again, teaching these kids that it's not about them. And, right. uh, and, and the sooner, the sooner I think we get our younger generation to know that it makes me sound old when I say that, by the way, younger generation, like get off my lawn <laughs> kind of thing. Right. Right. But, but I, but I think it's true. Like I want that for my daughter as well. You know, my wife and I are very fortunate, you know, we have a, a 13 year old daughter and, you know, I just, you know, I mean, you know, you got a little pre-show, <laughs> pre-show stuff with her, but, but I say mm-hmm. that because I just wonder, wonder what the message will be, you know, when mm-hmm. she's older. And, and I, and I bet, I, I mean, I'm not a betting man, but if I were to bet, I bet your boys will look back on what they've done with you and think, man, mom really knew what she was doing and, and mom really squared us away. So that's awesome stuff. So I want to ask you this, if I can. You talk about consuming things. What has been your greatest struggle with consumption and, and consuming things on your personal level? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, well, I think um, maybe I would say probably television. I, you know, I didn't grow up with a TV. Um, so that was never an issue. I read constantly but now becoming and I still have love reading but as a mom you know it's been really difficult to have the time and even the like mental capacity to set and read right I noticed that I feel more afraid you know I've, I've got five kids pulling me in five different directions. I've got a company. I've got my own things I want to do. I feel very kind of scattered and um, sitting down watching a movie or TV show is very much a release. Like, okay, I'm focusing on something else and it just kind of helps shut the brain down and just kind of relax. Like, okay, that's my time. Um, So I think you can, I think it's easy to go I think it's great to have that and use that as a tool. Like, okay, if we find something that works for us, like watch a 30 minute show, change your environment, fine. But to, you know, what did they say the stats are? Seven, eight hours a day, people are on TV. I don't know, maybe that's a week. I don't remember. But like TV is a high consumption um, um, for people during their days. And I, I want to be on guard very much um, from that because I have so much I want to learn, have so much I want to do, so much I want to um, teach my children. I think that's something um, to be very careful about. And it's very similar to the social media, right? Um, 
and social media is something honestly like it's kind of a necessary evil in today's model that I would really like I just prefer to stay away from it as much as possible and I think people can see like on my personal social media websites like I'm very like um I've shut down a lot from what I used to do just because I have shifted my priorities not that like you know I love sharing about my family and my kids like I absolutely love that but I also want to make sure I'm very engaged in our lives so I try to be very careful of social media as well just like okay I really want to not just be taking pictures I want to be engaged does that make sense no I think it does and I and I followed you 100% on that and and I feel like Sean's just weaving his way into this episode. <laughs> but <laughs> but Sean challenged me to go. Our good friend Sean McCoy, just uh, again, reference point, come to the table. I'm not promoting his show by the, by any means, but he's just woven his way into my life and, uh, and Autumn's as well. So very good mutual friend of ours. But Sean challenged me for the whole month of July to go without social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So, um, yeah, I'm still kind of. Kind oh, of how's that going? Yeah, not so well. Not so well. Yeah. <laughs> Not so well. It's hard. It, it is. It is so hard mm-hmm. because you just get so accustomed to stuff. So, no, I love what you said there. And and, and you kind of convicted me a little bit on my TV watching too. So so you, mm-hmm. you kind of mommed yeah. me in a good way there, if that makes sense. I, yeah. I hope that comes across as, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a compliment. So, so going back yeah. to this, we're in this search series, right? Mm-hmm. We've been on this search for a long time now, and and actually, the, this is coming to the end. We're in the last uh, last home stretch of it. But um, but what has been for you? What has been your greatest search in life? Yeah, I that's a really tough um, question. Like I don't I don't know if I can narrow it down very well. But I I think one of the things that is so important to me is that I just want peace. Like, that's what I feel right now is like, I just want peace. Like things are so busy and, you know, I'm come from a very rural, very rural, um, county and, you know, and a very, I, I wasn't busy. Like we didn't live like in the busyness, you know, I think for simple, we, you know, no TV that makes things really simple. I was outdoors a lot. And so then moving to California, and, you know, being decades later where we've, everyone's got, you know, anything they want in their hands on this iPhone, um, I think that I really, I really miss those days of sitting around Sunday dinner. Just no one has anywhere to go. No one has any, any, anywhere to be. This is your day of rest. It's like, we're just sitting and visiting for hours. We would sit at Sunday dinner with the entire extended family, cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents. And so then coming here and everyone's in sports all the time. No one has time to even sit down and have a meal together at all, nor do they have time to like, Hey, I just want to drop in get to say hi or have you, you know, someone's having a hard day, come on over, whatever. I don't see that. And I don't, and I don't really know if it's a California thing or, um, if it's an adult thing, (laughs) you know, or what, but I don't want to live this life of frantically running from here to there, never having time for my friends or my neighbors. I love my neighbors. I have amazing neighbors. I just, I feel like I have this 
I, and I love to connect with people. I never want to be so busy running to sports, like, and running to my personal activities and just whatever it is that I don't have time for people. Right. And I, the, the busyness is, is kind of heartbreaking for me. And I see it with my friends and, you know, you know, the people in the community and most of us, I think we we're all guilty of this. of just, I'm so busy. And maybe it makes us feel like that gives us worth. I, I don't know, but for me, I hear that and it, it's a little heartbreaking because it's those moments in the evening where it's like a last minute barbecue. Oh, we're not really doing anything this evening. We're going to throw some brats on the grill. Come on over. Let's just sit and visit, let the kids play and, you know, pass the evening away. Like that's the moments where you build relationship and community and love and care about people. And so, um, when you're so busy and you're exhausted every night and you don't have time for those, you can't, you can't think about having anyone over because you're just so completely drained that how, how can you turn around and give anything or, you know, host. So, um, I don't, I don't know. I think that's probably like, I just want like peace and calmness and, you know, this kind of a slower lifestyle is, is really what I, what I love and I crave. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And I think as much as people want to, you know, keep crying and and whining about COVID and, and believe me, people have died. I'm not trying (laughs) to be, you know, so flippant that I don't recognize that and hear that. But I think what COVID did for me, at least the, the lesson I'm still learning in this is value the people that I'm around. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot more time. I've had a lot more time Mm -hmm. to do stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm an avid sports fan, huge university of North Mm -hmm. Carolina fan. There was no March madness this year. That was hard. Uh, That was hard for me. I know. Right. Tragic. Right. I love March madness too. And it was just, yeah. But I, I could go mm-hmm. all day on that. But but I hear what you're saying, yeah. and I love what you're saying there. So I want to talk about Story Grace, and I know she has mm-hmm. an amazing uh, – I'm not trying to be funny here, but I know she has an amazing story. But mm-hmm. but how could we know more about it, and how can we learn more about her story and, and kind of that? And then I want a uh, two-part question to this. You mentioned your company. Can we can we kind of talk about both at the same time? Is that a possibility? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I'll start with Story Grace. So um, when I was 20 weeks pregnant, um, I noticed like her scan, you know, they found out she was a girl and then she seemed a little small on the scan and was just a little strange because I had twins and they weren't measuring small ever. And I just, I don't know, I just sent something a little off and Everyone reassured me that things are fine. I'm not a worrier, okay? Let me tell you this. Like, I don't worry. I'm kind of the opposite. <laughs> like, I just, everything's going to be fine. But I was concerned. And um, the midwife had said, well, we can send you for, you know, a, a better scan. And I said, okay, let's do that. And we did. And they said, you know, there's some problems and, you know, things could be fine, but we didn't have so eventually they told us that she would only, you know, based on the scan, she'd only live a year or two. And, um, you know, she'd have significant delays, only developed to three months old. And, um, you know, wouldn't be able to, you know, walk, talk, and eat by mouth and all these things. And, um, you know, that was, you know, that was really heartbreaking and scary and just 
you know, really tough times, right? Um, and so once she was born, um, the diagnosis improved a little bit. Um, but, you know, she's five years old now. And so what she has is chromosomal abnormalities. So she has a deletion on one chromosome and duplication on another. And those cause other things like microcephaly, which means small head. She has brain malformations. Um, she's got kidney disease and severe osteoporosis where, you know, at one point in time, like it's improving, but at one point in time, like, you know, picking her up incorrectly, her bones would break, you know? So, um, she's, you know, doesn't walk or talk or eat by mouth. She's doing a lot of crawling around though. And she is, she's legally deaf and blind, but she does have some hearing and seeing. It's kind of the brain that causes some issues. And so, but she's so happy. Like she's the sweetest, happiest little girl. Like you hear all that and it probably sounds like this massive weight, you know, and, and these are hard things. That doesn't mean they're easy. They're hard, but I'm so grateful that she smiles so much during the day and she laughs and she enjoys her brothers playing with her and she's doing well and she's crawling and she's progressing and so it's been um it's been extremely hard extremely difficult but then it's also like this world like has been opened up of I had no idea how you know what it was like to live with a special needs child I, I knew nothing and then this world has now opened up to me and I see people that are in so much worse, worse situations than we are that their children, you know, don't breathe on their own. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. Like caring for them 24 seven, like there's, it's so incredibly difficult. And so being in this new community has opened my eyes and I've been able to really, I appreciate the tiny little things that I never knew to appreciate before. I never knew to appreciate that I could eat by mouth. I, I didn't know that was something that I should be grateful for. I mean, so being in this situation has taught me, wow, I have so much to be grateful for, even if things are hard, even if my family isn't nearby, even if I'm lonely, even if whatever, right? Man, I've got it good, right? And so we even... We all have so much to be grateful for. And that has, I think, having Story Grace, I've learned so much gratitude in that, which is kind of, you know, we have a choice to make when we encounter these hardships. Like, you know, when your child is born disabled or your husband leaves or whatever it is, we stand here and we have this choice. Like, am I going to go down this dark path and I think to some extent we kind of all do a little bit like it takes time to grieve and mourn things I don't of course we have to do that um, but are you going to stay there and are you you know what how are you going to handle this and so for me I can't stay in this dark place like I I have children I have to learn how to conquer this so that I can help teach my children, help my children walk through it. Because I've even seen my boys like 
okay, so how long is Joy Grace going to live? You know, like, wait, she's going to die? You know, they, they ask these questions and like, how do we handle this? I know, um, my, my brother was killed when he was six years old and, um, my mom has taught me so much about how to handle death. Like I remember her telling this story. She was just thinking, Oh man, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm two weeks further away from Kip, two weeks further away. And my brother's name is Kip also from Kip. And then she's like, no, no, I'm this much closer to seeing him again. Like, how are you going to look at this? You know, are you going to look at it like, Oh, I'm getting further from him or every day forward is now a step closer to seeing him again in heaven, you know? And my mom has just always taught me like, you know, that for us as believers, we have this hope, you know, in the eternal and God. And so we can really look forward to that and be grateful for that, the, the future that we have. Um, and so I feel like, you know, I try to, you know, she, I can see what my mom has taught me there. And so I try to like, I try to think, okay, my kids are going to remember how I handle the situation and it's going to help them. And that's something like death for me, like because of my mom is not something like it's heartbreaking. I'm going to miss that person selfishly. I'm like, I'm sad. Right. But it's not something that destroys me, you know, the thought of it. Um, it, it doesn't. And I think I owe a lot of that because, you know, to my mom, you know, um, and I can see, see people suffering. And to me, I can see that suffering can be so much harder sometimes. So I don't know. It's just, um, does she know that by the way, does your mom know that you feel this way about her? I don't know. No, no way. She doesn't know this. I don't know if we talked about this. Okay. Just wondering. I, I mean, the way you're yeah. talking about it, I, I, it almost sounds yeah. as if she doesn't know that you've maybe no. admired her from afar <laughs> or maybe even close up and, yeah. and seen these yeah. wonderful traits in her. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. There's I mean, no I, I don't know. I'm not trying of... to meddle. <laughs> that's yeah, not my job per se. I'm not a meddler. Okay. I am a meddler. I'm a meddler. I'm a meddler. Oh I'm a meddler. Yes. Yeah. But when no, I hear I... that, like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. So flip side of that. Right. And then I want to get uh-huh. back to the company question, Yeah. but flip side of that, you know, it, if your boys came to you, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're again, I forgot their ages. I'm not a numbers person. I'm a people's person. But I'm thinking no like they, they they come back to you at 25 or 30 or maybe mm-hmm. even my age of of mm-hmm. old age of 40, right? Mm-hmm. And they come back to you and they say, "Mom, maybe with tears in their eyes, we we didn't know what you did for us. We didn't get it. We didn't mm-hmm. we didn't understand mm-hmm. it. Maybe, but." you left this lasting legacy in our heart. Look at what we're doing now with our kids. Look at what we're doing now. Look at what you taught us. Look at what you showed us. Look at this mercy and grace and, and empathy and, you know, taking, squaring away our stuff, you know, going back to the, the camping gear that you've, you know, imparted in them, Mm -hmm. these tools. I just wonder, you know, as a mom, what would that do to you? And then I want to talk about the company. So let's not do that. Yeah. But but what, but what would that do to you? Oh, it would be, the, that would be my number one hope, I think, you know, other than, like, my children loving the Lord, like, to hear that my children have seen value in me as a mom and 
have appreciated the things that I have done because I know it's kind of like, you know, when you're living day to day and the kids are like, we don't want this to eat, we want that. Like, oh my gosh, you know, right? Like that can be very, like for me, it can be really disheartening. I get discouraged easily when, you know, my kids pick apart what I, I'm doing this for you, child. Do not see this. Like I'm, I'm creating a meal for you and all you can do is complain about it or I'm taking you backpacking and you don't want to go. You'd rather play video games. Oh, come on now. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm providing something, an amazing opportunity and they don't appreciate it. It, it can it definitely, for me, I mean, maybe other more resilient folks can handle it, but it's, it, it's hard on me. It breaks my heart. So see, you know, in the future, that hope that someday they will see, um, or they will feel that I have provided value. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess, again, the reason why I asked that is I wonder if your mom knows that about you. So <laughs> yeah, you know, what, what would that, what would that do to her if you went to her right now and said, again, I don't know how old you are and I'm not asking this and my bit now that I won't meddle in, <laughs> but, but, uh, but you know, and, you yeah, exactly. There are some lines I won't cross, but, and that's <laughs> one of them. But, but I just wonder like if you went back to your mom now and said, Hey mom, you know, I value what you did. I, I value the sacrifices you made uh, dealing with the grief of, of losing a child and you still loved me. You still, mm-hmm. you know, didn't shut me out. You still didn't live. I, I would imagine most grief, you go through that darkness, right? Yeah, you didn't yeah. live in the darkness. You allowed mm-hmm. yourself to come out of it. And, and mm-hmm. my life was eternally changed because mm-hmm. of you. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't say that enough to my mom and, and, and I need to. And so again, your mom and me, your mom and me, yeah. Autumn, you're making me go back to my mom maybe and say some things that, yeah. that I, I love my mom for. Can I just her podcast? Does that count? Yeah, that's work? cool. That's totally fine. I could always use some more listeners. Absolutely. It's fine. It's totally fine. Okay. So let's talk about the company. Cause Thanks. I feel like, uh-huh. I feel like you were on the verge of maybe some tears and, and I want to yes. be sensitive to that. I don't want you to lose yeah. it, but, but, um, <laughs> Thank you. Okay. But, the company. Yeah. The tell me about stuff. the company. Yeah, please okay, help us. Help so, us not cry yeah. together. <laughs> right. Um, so the company whole story meals, I started that, um, because, you know, I wanted to take my children backpacking. And so what whole story meals is, is I formulate and manufacture enteral nutrition and, Enteral nutrition is food for people that cannot eat by mouth. They eat with a feeding tube. And so typically what's out there is a commercial formula that can be 55% sugar. Okay. And knowing what I know, like having doctors tell me, Autumn, you know, your daughter's going to live only a year or two. She'll probably pass away from secondary illnesses um, such as the flu, pneumonia, diabetes, things like that. Well, to me, I hear, you've got to feed this girl well. You've got to give her the best nutrition you possibly can to keep her healthy and well. So when I look at a commercial formula and I see the ingredients are water, maltodextrin, which is corn syrup, protein powder, more sugar, oil, and then they add synthetic vitamins, that's not what my parents have taught me is a nutritious meal. Okay. And so that's not what my doctor would recommend I eat, nor would they recommend my other children eat that way. But we're going to feed our most fragile members of society 
one of the worst diets that we have in America? Help me understand this. I, I don't, I don't know. Is it because they don't have a voice and they can't say, oh my gosh, this is making me puke a dozen times a day and we just ignore it? Like, oh yeah, they just have to live this way. No, no, that's unacceptable. My daughter's not gonna have to do that and I don't wanna see anyone else's daughter or adult person live this life, right? And so by changing that diet and feeding real food, you know, the vomiting can stop. Like, it, the change is so dramatic once you go from commercial formula to real food. Um, and so, of course, you know, I was making real food when it's called the Sunrise Diet for my daughter. And then, um, you know, I wanted to go backpacking, but when you do a blenderized diet, you cook food, you put it in a blender, you add liquid, you blend it so that you can put it through a feeding tube. Well, it's really heavy and it needs to be refrigerated. And how are you going to haul this heavy liquid out backpacking, right? Like I had this dilemma, like I just did not know what I was going to do, how, you know, I'm trying to get my boys out and help us connect to nature and to God and like improve our lives. Right. And that I have this problem that I can't, I can't figure out. So, um, I finally, you know, I did a ton of research. I was, Oh, just buy a meal replacement, powdered meal replacement. There was nothing out there that was a whole meal, like a, a real complete balanced meal. Like she would need, um, and so I decided, well, I'm going to make my own for her for backpacking. But then once I started doing this and made a little, you know, made food for her, I realized, I mean, so many other tube-fed people could benefit from this. I mean, it's just, there's just not a lot of options out there. And so I decided um, that I would turn this into a company so that I could help other tubies, we call them tubies, other tubies eat well and be able to be active whether active means going to you know the siblings soccer game or going backpacking whatever that active is for them or just going for a little you know stroller ride around the house you know who knows what it is but like changing the quality of life like eating healthy and being able to be active like when we go on a plane with this blenderized diet of this, you know, all this liquid. Well, how you can't let it sit at room temperature all day. What are you going to do? You're put it, some of it in a hot thermos, but then some of it's frozen. What if your plane's delayed? You can't just go through, oh, just grab a little muffin or egg bites from Starbucks. No, you, you don't have those options. There's nothing. We're going to the hospital or going, you know, I don't know where we're going to find, um, to, you know, food for, to be so it's it's different like you have to be prepared and so um you know starting this has really just been this labor of love for other tube fed people out there and helping them you know enjoy a quality like a healthy life and to and i i know this might sound dramatic for people but it's really not it's really life or death i mean you hear what the doctors tell me like you're gonna pass away from an illness you know like, and then it's like, okay, well, let's eat well. It's, you know, it's really important to stay healthy and feed our bodies well. So, um, and then the quality of life going from, you know, maybe they're vomiting every day or they're stomach, they're nauseous every day, or, you know, some kids like start crying when it's time to eat because they don't, 
that smell and that all the sugar just like makes them sick and like makes their stomach hurt and so it's really heartbreaking but the good thing is that things are changing like I see a dramatic shift and and parents especially are standing up and demanding change and that's that's the only reason why things are changing um is you know I'm teaching doctors and dietitians you know how to you know, feed a two-fed person real food, um, you know, and they might kind of know, oh, some macros, what they want to see a person eat, but to do it in real life, they don't have, a lot of them don't have that experience at all. And so having a two, you know, a two-bee mom or two-fed person that creates their own blends and does that um, is so helpful. So I am, I am, even though I'm kind of painting a dark picture things are changing and it is improving. And I'm so grateful to say that and so grateful to be a part of it, right? Like I'm just so thrilled and excited to be able to be a part of this amazing change in the enteral nutrition community that I see coming and is happening. And um, it's, it's so exciting to me. And I, and I love being a part of seeing someone's life improve, right? No, I do uh, 100% love what you're saying there. And and just so real quick, if, if those who are maybe in that sphere or in that uh, they're being affected by that, how mm-hmm. can they get more information about what you're doing and, and all yeah. of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they can just go to my website at wholestorymeals.com. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well. So just search up wholestorymeals.com and they'll find it. And um, and then they can always shoot me an email or call me. All my information is on the website, right? And I help people all the time. Like, I, you don't have to buy my product. Like, if you want to be taught or introduced to a community that wants to do real food, I'm happy to do that. Like, that's my love and my heart's desire. That's why I'm doing this, right? So um, it doesn't have to just be about buying, you know, whole story meals. It's about, you know, making a change in a life that will benefit Um you know, the tube fed person. So yeah, I'm here to help. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, there's an amazing community out there that, um, teaches people how to blend foods and, um, all of that can be, you know, reached and people can be helped, you know, through those avenues. So, and this is something like for me, what's really part of my product that's unique is that it's the only powder. It's the only, um, freeze-dried cold process products that really retains a lot of the nutritional value and it's so versatile a lot of you know when you think about blending meats and fruits and all that together in one meal like okay we're having a complete meal that's going to be disgusting and mostly it usually is but thankfully our we have a vegan meal kale simon berries it's kind of got this mild tart mild sweet taste with a little bit of a tartness in it and I, people eat it orally, like I drink it, um, and I mostly eat it as a puree. So people that need purees can use this if you want to shake. Like I take a backpack and I use it for me. I drink it like a shake. And then we have our chicken seasoned carrots, which is a great savory. Um, and I drink that one as a shake. I do kale, quinoa, and berries as a smoothie bowl. And I drink the chicken seasoned carrots. Um, and it's a nice savory because a lot of times, you know, people, oh, we need extra calories. So they drink Ensure or something like that. Well, let's do something maybe that has some fruits and vegetables and some good protein in there and try something a little different. So this is a great way to, you know, all that stuff is kind of sweet. 
Um, this is a great way to have like something savory and really feel like at home and just kind of like a warm cup of soup almost. So yeah, different options for people that have different needs. I love it. Uh, it actually sounds, sounds interesting. So I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. definitely go check out some of that stuff out. My wife mm-hmm. is an avid hiker. And so I was telling you before we started recording that undoubtedly in our backpack, which is not as cool as your backpacks, I think, but it's mainly just hydro flasks. And then, you know, we'll bring some like cookies and, and, and snack stuff. I love sunflower Mm -hmm. seeds too. So yeah, I don't know. Anyway. So, uh, so I'm thinking about this uh, as we wrap up and then I want to play a game with you. So last question, if, if you can indulge us in one more question. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here we go. What legacy do you want when you're when everything's all said and done? What what do you want to be remembered for as part of your legacy? Yeah, oh, part of my legacy. Well, I want to be remembered as I remember my grandparents. You know, my grandpa passed away a couple of years ago. And my grandma, thankfully, is still living. But um, man, they have this amazing heritage, and our number one is that. You know, you know, they love the Lord and they, you know, help people and um, character mattered and right from wrong. And I, I think I really feel like I am the most blessed person. Like I, I come from the most amazing family where no one's perfect. Clearly we've, we've all had our ups and downs and had our faults, but like the legacy of God is number one and we, God is love, right? That's what God is. He is love and to turn around and show love to other people and to know that, you know, like if people are like, yeah, Autumn was always there for me or, you know, that would be the most amazing thing I think is that um, people around me knew that I cared about them more than anything, you know, that, um, that people in a relationship is my number one, you know, I think so. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love the fact that you had grandparents in, you know, I, I just think there's something powerful about having grandparents in your life, just as equal Mm -hmm. as having, you know, a mom and a dad at home. But I think being exposed to grandparents you know, because they can pass along not only stories about, you know, your parents, you know, because right. a lot of times mm-hmm. that's how grandparents work, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're the they're the parents of your parents. That's that's mm-hmm. how that's how that works. And so I miss that about my grandmother. She would tell us stories about my dad and um, you know, him growing up and I'm like, My dad did that. My my mm-hmm. dad said that. My you know, it was great. It gave us some great insight into our parents. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that legacy, that lineage, that uh bestowing of wisdom, you know, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. it's so missed. And I think so yeah. many times, you know, because people just aren't living as long as they used to. So mm-hmm. anyway. So uh so we're gonna play this game. It's a game we like to call senseless. So Autumn, help us out. You do know that we have five senses, right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm a little nervous about the game. Go okay. Ahead. <laughs> just, just checking. Cause we, uh, I feel bad. Cause I always call this person out, but why we did have a person on once that was like, wait, we have, we have five senses. So that truly did happen. People are like, you're making that up. You know? I'm like, no, it really, okay. really did. they know who they are and they're embarrassed probably every time I make reference to them. So 
Here's our game. It's a game, as I said, we like to play senseless. So it's just how we kind of wrap up the show. I know you're just down south of us, really, like probably four four-ish hours or so from us. But but hey, we got to do this remote. You're in California. I'm in Oregon. So we're going to roll on your behalf. So it's this uh, die in a North Carolina blue cup. There's my Carolina reference. And so uh, this is perfect. So you got number five, which means nothing to you, but it means everything to me because it tells me what question to ask you. And that's this. What is your favorite thing to taste? Mm, what is my favorite thing to taste? Oh, gosh. What a question. Um, taste. I probably, I'm, I love eggs. <laughs> I'm such an eggs person. They're so versatile. And so I think that's probably my favorite taste is eggs. Now tell me, what do you just, you say you like them in a variety? Cause you know, I remember yes. a couple of years ago, and this is more than a couple of years ago, the incredible edible egg, right? It was a cool little jingle. <laughs> yes. You remember that one? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So how do you, how do you mostly like to have your eggs okay well mostly for ease i just fry my eggs or something like that you know scramble eggs omelet whatever but um you know i love them in hollandaise sauce and lemon curd like they're such like the foundation for so many amazing dishes out there i think um i just i couldn't live without my eggs and there's so much protein and good fat like ah yes like I could just survive. I joke about my egg diet. Actually, all of my friends like how many eggs is what I mean today. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I, eggs are great. You you can mix mix them with all the vegetables. Oh, almost. I'm thinking of perfect. Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. I don't know why this has no relevance <laughs> to you, baby. But he says he like what ate like eight dozen eggs or something, like twelve yes, dozen eggs or something. Yeah, he's Gaston. Yes. You know, he has that song anyway. Yeah. yeah, we we go full circle here on this show. I way. usually it, nothing yeah, is off yeah I usually don't you know just suck mine down raw like that. But um, I do know people that do that. Yeah, I'm not quite that brave, I don't think. But <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, Adam, you get the last word. What do you want us to know? Uh, what what can you leave us with? Maybe some wisdom. Some just you you get the final say, and then I'll wrap up. How's that sound? Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have anything brilliant to say. I just, um, I guess one of the things like I always want to pass along to my kids is something that I will share is just like learn to look for the things in our life that we can be grateful for. I think that's really important, um, to focus on the things we do have instead of focusing on our, the negatives and really just, um, but also with that comes like giving yourself grace and the hard times. Like I very much have learned to stop condemning myself when I realizing I'm having a hard time and I need a break or, you know, I'm sad and want to grieve. Like I very much, um, have that has really helped for me is to learn to accept that I need a break and that I need some time to grieve and, and, and that's okay but then I don't stay there, you know, then I, I really do. Once I've had my time, I look around and see and count my blessings on what I can be grateful for. And that really helps change perspective and attitude. And, um, ultimately the course of my life, you know, if I focusing on the negatives and how I got, I have a lot of things I can complain about. Like I can complain with the best of them. Let me tell you. Like I've got some hard things going on, but, um, 
but where does that get me? Like, I don't want that life. I don't want the life of a complainer that's negative and down and depressed and sad all the time. No, I mean, so I choose to focus on the things that I do have and to be grateful for. And um, I think that makes a huge difference in my life. But, you know, with that comes allowing for times to be sad. I hear people like, oh, book up, suck up. No. Like, okay, yes, I, I totally say suck it up and drive on all the time. But that doesn't mean we don't allow ourselves our moments. You know, it's, that's not what I say at all. That's not what I mean. It's just um, when you've had your moment to grieve, then, you know, choose to be thankful and see what you do have in your life that you can be grateful. Go volunteer and help the elderly or a special needs family that doesn't sleep at night, you know, like what can you do for someone else? And you start being really grateful for your life really fast when you go to someone else's life that's struggling and hurting and seeing what they're going through. Oh man, really changes your perspective. Awesome. Autumn, that was wonderful. Love, love that thought. So uh, guys, I just want to remind you of this as we do so often guys, remember when you walk in other people's shoes, you really do get a different perspective on life. Of course, I want to thank my guest, Autumn. Autumn, thank you so much again for joining us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And guys, again, I just want to just call your attention to this, that, uh, you know, there's so many moments in life that we search for. Maybe we're searching for that next best thing. Maybe we're searching for this. We're searching for that. But let's take a moment right now as Autumn just helped us. And I think she articulated it very well from the standpoint of searching for those moments in life that we can make a difference. And she's truly doing that not only with her kids, but passing on that legacy to them. And to me, there's nothing greater in life than that. So again, I want to thank Autumn so much for for coming back. Join us back next Wednesday. That is right. It is season finale week. And we are super excited about next week's guest. And I want to tell you more about that, but I won't because I want you to come back next week. So join us next week on behalf of executive producer Garrett and myself, Neil Matthews. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, when you walk in other people's shoes, you really do get a different perspective on life. We will see you next week, season finale week. Can't wait as we walk in other people's shoes. Thank you again for joining us on Other People's Shoes. As you know, I am your host, Neil Matthews. Uh, So excited that we got to sit with Autumn today and to hear firsthand account of what it's like to be a single mom with five kids. I don't know about you, but that is a perspective we probably don't hear, listen, and understand enough in our world. So just want to thank Autumn again for taking some time away from uh, her day-to-day stuff to sit with us. Uh, Great perspective, great insight. And guys, if you're interested, go check out what she's doing with her business. Phenomenal stuff. Just phenomenal. Normally, this is when I give you a preview of next week's show. We usually have a little clip or something like that to share with you. And I'm not going to do that this week. In fact, I'm going to leave you in suspense from the standpoint of this. Next week's show is a can't miss episode. And I know we say that a lot. Like, oh, next week's going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be great. You're not going to want to miss it. But I guarantee this. Next week, we get into some shoes, plural, more than one pair of shoes. And we're going to search for understanding. Now, what does that mean? Well, you're going to have to come back next Wednesday and find out. Speaking of Wednesday, that, of course, when season finale of The Search will come to an end next Wednesday. Very sad to see it go, but we are excited about what the fall is going to bring. With all that said, we, of course, want to invite you back each and every week 
OPSpodcast.com, of course, is the place to go each and every Wednesday to hear a brand shiny and new episode available for you each and every Wednesday, or of course, on your favorite podcast platform. If you would like to get in touch with us as a listener, give us some feedback, just give us some insight, give us maybe something you've taken away from the show over this last year. We, of course, would love to hear from you. That can be done at 203-548-7463. That's 203-548-7463. That, of course, is our text and voicemail line. Available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Of course, if you would like to be a future guest on Other People's Shoes, we of course would invite you to use that line as well, and we will get information in your hand how that can be done. Speaking of getting things in your hand, we of course would love to interact with you on the social media platforms. That of course being Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We do post daily and would love, love, love to interact with you there. So if you're interested in hearing more about what we're doing on a social media side, of course, check us out on all three of those platforms under OPS Podcast Show. So just want to remind you as we again, we close out today's show. Just remember guys, when you walk in other people's shoes, you really do get a different perspective on life. On behalf of executive producer Garrett and myself, Neil Matthews, join us back next Wednesday as we begin the final search for understanding. We're so excited. Join us then. We, of course, cannot wait to walk in other people's shoes.